0: Oh, Andrea Tessman. Yes, Kirk Buckner. It's Christmas time. Maybe not when people are listening to this, but it's Christmas time 2020 as we're recording. This is true. Yeah, I wonder what they were doing in Christmas in 1958. Hmm.
1: I have an idea.
0: I do too. I think they were
1: listening to Alvin and the Chipmunks.
0: The... Yes, this is the first... I I stood corrected from you last week. I thought that this was the only Christmas song to ever go number one, which it was, until last year. Until last year,
1: which is especially funny because Mariah Carey's All I Want For Christmas Is You came out in what, 92? 95. 95, so it was 15 years almost. Mm-hmm. Before it made number one,
0: it, it's. But we're not
1: talking about no. Mariah Carey.
0: We probably never will. I, I again, I, unless we go on her fat ears, that I might want to do. No, we're talking about. Actually, technically, not Alvin and the Chipmunks in theory, because this was not credited to them. This no, was, it wasn't. David's. It was David Seville, and the Chipmunks.
1: David Bill and the Chipmunks. And this was not A even, man who didn't exist.
0: No, a man who did not exist. Uh, although their group is a proud members of the fictitious Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which you can all vote on for the class of 2020, ending this week. A little plug in there. A little shameless thing I mean, <laughs> get that I, I thought I'd do. It's called cross-promotion, Andrea.
1: Hey, why not? I mean, you put all the work into all of these shows, so you might as well cross-promote them.
0: Oh, speaking of which, uh, apparently we now are 50-50 male-female. We used to be 57% female. I think I'm going to attribute that to yourself. I I think your soothing voice is attracting more of the male demographic. (laughs) Okay. That's the theory that we're going to run with. That's what Evan and I, on the other show, the Hall of Fame show, have come up with. We think it's you. (laughs)
1: Could be, it, or the fact that we're not just talking about sports.
0: I, well, there's that too. There's that too. All right. So back to the this chipmunks. guy. Well, I, I gotta. We, I think we have to talk about this guy first, Ross Bagdasarian, because I guess Ro, he figured out something pretty pretty early. Ross Bagdasarian and the chipmunks doesn't work.
1: No, I mean it could. Um, so before. Before the Chipmunks even came out, he, he decided that he would use David Seville mm-hmm. as his name for his studio production stuff. So he released music under David Seville before the Chipmunks were a thing. Um, and the Seville apparently came from him spending time in Seville... That's very complex. (laughs) Um, But don't know where David came from, but I think it's just a much easier, more memorable name than Ross Bagdasarian. Um, So he released, did you, did you listen to, there's a bird on my head?
0: I didn't listen to that, but I I did not realize just all the other stuff he even did before that. Uh huh. So he was, Oh, come on to my house. Well, Come on to my house, my house will come home. Well, yes, what was that? Uh, Rosemary Clooney, I believe.
1: Rosemary Clooney made it famous.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Written for a play with his cousin. And I'm blanking on his name, but he was quite a famous playwright. Uh, But yes, Rosemary Clooney and a phenomenal harpsichord uh, line that just is... I don't know how anyone could actually even play it. It's so technically complex. But harpsichord ragtime is its own thing that's very cool. He was also um, acting also too, weird.
0: which is interesting. I, it, like I'm not a big fan of films from the 50s, 40s. Like I, I can't get into it. I find the dialogue a little bit too corny. But a lot of these films that he was in are pretty big films. Like Viva Zapata, Stalag 17, mm-hmm. I know this, Rear Window. But, yeah, he played the piano player.
1: Yeah, but no, I, no idea it was him until I read that a few days
0: ago. But like, barely, almost everything he ever did was uncredited. So like, he mm-hmm. he's been in the, he was been in the business for God, uh, probably ten years plus. Probably not making a whole lot of money, but I think it's sort of important because he it's not mm-hmm. like he was a virgin to a lot of this stuff unlike some of the people that we've already talked about, who just were so fresh-faced, not really knowing what to do. Well, he'd already been dealing with record studios. He'd already been dealing with Hollywood in some capacity. Yeah, he wasn't a name, but he knew the game. I wasn't going for a, a rhyme. It, it just <laughs> you weren't happened.
1: going for a rhyme, but it happened. Yeah. But so he, he, knew, he knew the industry. He started playing around with... Digitizing his sound And playing Mm -hmm. with stuff And this is why I brought up There's a bird on my head Because So His first number one hit It was The Witch Doctor Right Which Liberally used that synthesized sound That he He created And then duetted with himself Mm -hmm. For For the song Which Early in 1958 Came into was the number one hit for, like, three weeks. Um, But we'll go back to that in a second. But before that, he put out a single called There's a Bird on My Head, or something like that, The Bird on My Head, maybe. But basically, he's duetting with a bird that's on his head saying how he wants to have a home, and the bird is singing saying how he wants to have a wife. It's bizarre, it's a novelty song, and he starts to use that, that half so that the chipmunk sound is recorded at slow speed and then played at full speed to get the chipmunk sound. So the bird in that original song, is it's not chipmunky, but it's definitely a higher pitch, tinny sound. So he's starting to play with that duet with himself and play with the electronic effects. Then, early in 1958, April, I believe, he comes out with Witch Doctor. My friend, the witch doctor, Mm -hmm. he told me what to do. Um, And I remember this being one of my cousin's favorite songs when they were like three and just learning to talk. And it was quite funny. Um, So then had a number one hit Mm -hmm. for three weeks. Realized, hey, I've got something here. And then started playing with it more and came out with the chipmunk sound and then released the Christmas song. The chipmunk song? I can't remember what it's actually
0: called. Well, it is. The chipmunk song, and then in parentheses, Christmas, don't be late.
1: Christmas,
0: don't be late. Please, Christmas, don't be late. And it's brilliant. And I think... I, and I'm glad you sort of set this up because what he did in the span of those two songs because novelty songs if you look at the history of novelty music you've got Weird Al, Dr. Demento and everyone else who just sort of like had one they were one and done but then um, forget about how him how about everybody was kung fu fighting oh uh, but was that was, was, was that a novelty song or is that just a soul song about a novelty idea <laughs>
1: I'm going with it's still a novelty song, Aww. but yeah, you you come up with this this random thing that's popular, and usually it fizzles immediately.
0: But here's what he did so brilliantly after that. Okay, so we have something people like it. All right, so let's give them characters.
1: And who did he name the characters after?
0: off of? Off uh, of the people from the rec- from the exec the record executives at Liberty.
1: Yeah. The record executives, Alvin, Theodore, and, oh, crap, what's the other one's name? Simon. Simon. Yes, of course. So that's also brilliant. I think that was quite funny. And do you know that he, uh, Liberty Records was close to bankruptcy, and he pretty much single-handedly saved the record label with his novelty, novelty songs.
0: Not only that, I mean, he pretty much... I don't want to say that he saved himself, but he... Oh,
1: wh- well, no, aside from that, he, he's been pretty much the only man in history to be the writer, artist... Um, composer. Was, was like basically, composer, yeah. Every single stream of revenue, with the exception of the... Oh, producer. With the exception of the um, actual promoter... He basically directed every revenue stream from those songs back to
0: himself. Which, for that era, is, that is genius. And I think that's sort of like why I wanted to mention he was not new to this whole to the Hollywood game. He'd probably yeah. seen. No, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, he, he probably saw a lot of people sort of screwed over, and probably including himself. I mean, I, I don't know for sure, but he had that number that. Big hit with uh, that was done by uh, Rosemary Clooney. Maybe he didn't make a whole lot because apparently, from what I was reading, you know, the $200 tape recorder, the special tape recorder to do all these sounds, that he had bought
1: bought himself out of his savings. Yeah,
0: yeah, so he probably was doing okay. Uh, He had savings, so he had something, but nothing like this. He probably
1: knew how it worked, and Mm -hmm. if he used studio equipment to do it then he would have to pay royalties back to them
0: but here's the and other, then the other brilliant thing he did the he created his own enterprise Shipmunk Enterprises he didn't lose uh-huh. any of it so all the intellectual property stayed with him
1: yes and then the TV shows and the toys and the it goes on and on mm-hmm. um so he, yes, yeah, he, he created an empire. Yes, of chipmunks, based on a very very simple technique of recording music at half speed and then playing it at full or higher speeds,
0: and just giving them character it's names. Brilliant. Uh, j- yeah. the, the one thing, uh, like I've got a, one of my uncles, and I remember hearing this from one of my grandparents were still alive. My uncle is uh, now, I think, sixty five. So I remember this as a little kid, my grandmother saying, oh, your Uncle Mike just loved Alvin. And just like the timing, I guess, sort of like fits for that. The big thing of that is just everyone remembering David Seville getting upset. Alvin! And, you know, here's the trouble making chipmunks. So
1: I, and I maybe mentioned this before to you, but I did not know that the chipmunks were a 1950s, 60s phenomenon. I mean, I, I grew up in the 80s, um, and they... So I, I discovered through looking at this that uh, they kind of fell off the map in the early 70s, and then Ro, Ross Bagdasarian Jr. Mm-hmm. reinvigorated them in 1980. So that kind of explains why they were there my whole childhood mm-hmm. as I was growing up. I had an Alvin Puppet, it was, I really liked that puppet. I don't know what happened to it. Probably gave it to one of my baby cousins. But um, it, they, they were a part of my childhood. They were, but I thought they were something from the 80s. I didn't realize that they were 20 years older than that. Um, so it was just sort of an interesting thing that he created this empire mm-hmm. with um, with a cartoon and with multiple songs and albums and and the movies toys and movies but then well were there movies in the in the first phase no I'm not sure
0: no but, no they, they, but they didn't come, come out till the 2000s Alvin,
1: and then he passed away and the company moved on to his son who brought it back in 1980 and then they came up with like how many movies and and toys and albums and 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 like multi-million dollar empire multi more than Mm multi-million dollar multi-million isn't that much anymore but based on freaking cartoon chipmunks like Mm -hmm. it's
0: bizarre it's also great isn't it nice to sort of, like, have a great happy ending for once?
1: Yeah. Especially after <laughs> the singing nun.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I... I'd, well, I think Kung Fu Fighting's kind of a... a happy ending, because the guy, he, he didn't whine about being just the Kung Fu Fighting guy.
1: No, he just was happy. He makes hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on royalties from it.
0: Good for him. Absolutely, But... Uh, this might be. You know what? I, what? This might be what? Well, no, I was going to say, like, uh, one oh. what, what of the other interesting things, when you were mentioning how you learned about how that song actually originated in the late 50s, I'm just thinking of of people who are just teenagers now or just who grew up as little kids with the Alvin movies, <laughs> not realizing, oh, there was cart- there was a popular cartoon in the 80s?
1: Oh, there's so many examples of that.
0: How about some teenage mutant ninja turtles? That's true. That just keeps making a comeback. They just literally won't die. <laughs> like from the sewer that they're from. You can't flush those things down the toilet. Twenty well, years from can. now, there'll they be another. In the sewers. That's the
1: whole plot laughing, yeah. That's I know
0: that's why I was going with that. I know. Twenty years from now, there's going to be another Alvin and the Chipmunk resurrection, and why not? They're cute chipmunks. He r- roasted mm-hmm. everything right. He gave he gave them personalities. Uh, you know, he, he got the precocious one, the fat one with the, with the heart of gold, and 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 the and the smart nerd. You know, they're chipmunks. Yep. You can't get no, they, mad at chipmunks. They
1: are. You look at any. Well, I'm going to say eighties. 80s teen movie because that's what I grew up with but any of those movies it just fits the perfect dichotomy of friends getting into trouble you know 10 year old boys getting into trouble you've got the smart nerd you've got the sweet fat one and you've got the precocious troublemaker
0: that was shit that's growing pains (laughs) only Ben wasn't fat but still still yeah, yeah, he was, well he was kind of the other one I mean yeah you ever watch that show I did because uh, you had a crush on Mike Seaver didn't you
1: not really no. I didn't pay enough attention to it to have a crush on it neither them. Uh, I was also a bit young probably
0: I, actually yeah and then I'm sort of like doing the math in, the, in my head that probably wouldn't quite work uh, this is sort of a quick topic because it's sort of it's it's a happy song. But I thought because I knew it would be quick, we could go over. Okay, but first, what? What do you got? I
1: still have to say, I still want to Nice.
0: <laughs> That's
1: all.
0: Which is another fad. Go figure how that worked out.
1: <laughs> I, hey, I, I have multiple hula hoops.
0: Interesting. Well, I. I I, I don't really move myself, they just, I, no.
1: Okay, so you were, this was a short
0: topic. So it was a, it was a what short topic.
1: Like
0: to go into next? Cr- well, Christmas songs in general, because I was looking, because oh. needless to say, I was wrong. Well, I, what, I was right up until a year ago that this was the only Christmas song that went number one. I just did not re-educate myself as to what transpired with Mariah Carey. But I looked at all the songs that sort of define Christmas for me growing up, and just to see how many of them were actually chart successful. Not a whole hell of a lot. Nope. No, so uh, I've got a few that, that stick to me personally, and I think not necess- I think because you'd always hear the same stuff over and over. There's not a lot of relatively new songs. Also now I know in Barbados I don't hear any of these. They've got their own Christmas songs down here, although they do have Mariah Carey. Oh, with Carey's. the soca Beach. Yeah, although the Mariah Carey song is still done here. Oh, that's
1: everywhere. You can't. You cannot escape the Mariah Carey.
0: No, there's that. That actually might be a, a film somewhere. You cannot escape Mariah Carey. Only that might be <laughs> sort of like, like a monster flick in a way. But so yeah, these are the ones that. Either I love or don't necessarily love, but are ingrained into my brain. And you can play the game. Did they chart or did they not? All right. Okay. And this is going to be in chronological order, so oldest to newest. Elvis Presley, here comes Santa Claus.
1: I'm going to say it charted.
0: It did not. (laughs)
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> I knew you were gonna do that. I'm
1: surprised by that. Yeah. I... Um because when when did that come out? Fifty seven. Like prime Elvis time. I'm surprised that didn't chart. Yeah, but if they
0: don't release it as oh. a single, technically it can't chart.
1: Ah can I ask you about Blue Christmas?
0: I didn't put that in my in my memory because 'cause I'd never really cared for that one. Ah, fair. I'd have to look that up.
1: Anyway. Okay, what's your next one?
0: Well, Chuck Berry's back with Run, Run, Rudolph. Run, Run, Rudolph.
1: Sam gonna make it to town. Um, I'm gonna say that charted?
0: Yes, it did. And how perfect, considering what we've talked about before, it went to 69.
1: <laughs> oh, dirty, dirty Chuck.
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> From from home alone 19 well not the the you might remember it from home alone but the song just came 1960 Brenda Lee rocking around the Christmas tree I hope it didn't chart because it's terrible oh it did <clears throat> 14 1960
1: maybe, oh I was gonna say 15 oh sorry That's, yeah. Um, I'm obviously not a fan of that song, because it's just annoying. But anyway, please continue. All
0: right, uh, this one may... Uh, Christmas, Baby, Please Come Home by Darlene Love. And this is sort of a topical one for me, because this song pretty much got this woman into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So I'm going to guess it did chart. It did not. Wow. Darlene Love, and in all due respect to this woman, great voice, great pipes, uh, is probably the least deserving rock and roll Hall of Famer by far, and it's not even close. <laughs> I, 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 she got I, it. She got in because Little Stevie, you know, from the E Street Band, who has a lot of pull there, just says, "Get a like, Darlene Love." I don't think I'm even far off on that. I don't know
1: anything else that she. Um, she put out. Because so there is nothing else. I don't know.
0: <laughs> it's like Percy Sledge, who's the second worst. Did when a man come when a man loves a woman? It's a great song. He didn't write it. He also didn't do anything else that anyone remembers. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But anyway, Andy Williams. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Um,
1: I'm gonna say did. G- are. Did not. I think I'm zero for all here. No, I got one. I got Checkberry.
0: Anyways, mm-hmm. continue. The Beach Boys, 1963. Little St. Nick. I actually was recommended the YouTube on this. It shows interesting things on my YouTube thing.
1: And what year, 63?
0: 63.
1: Like, 63 Beach Boys should chart. So I'm going to say it did, even it though it did not fared well over the years. Well, okay, I'm still batting zero.
0: Uh, okay, well, a song that I loved as a little kid. The Royal Guardsman, Snoopy's Christmas. <laughs>
1: um, Did not.
0: It did. Number 15.
1: <laughs> I suck at this game. <laughs>
0: Well, it's a good thing there's no prize at the end. (gasps) Okay. Jose Feliciano, 1970, Feliz Navidad, or as I remembered as a little kid, Fleas on a Dog.
1: Uh, Did chart. Yes. Has to have charted.
0: But only in its re release. But
1: only in its re release in
0: 1998 at number 70. Did not chart when it first came out.
1: Did it chart when Bonnie M. did it?
0: Bonnie M. did that? I oh, don't... Bonnie
1: M. did a cover of it, I'm sure.
0: Didn't but he... I could be wrong. What was that I song? listened to a lot of the
1: Bonnie M. Christmas album with my grandmother. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong, but anyways, they obviously didn't chart. Okay.
0: So what's next? My personal favorite. Technically not a Christmas song, but... It's always played at Christmas, but it is my favorite Christmas. Actually, well, sorry, my second favorite Christmas song that I'll be talking about. Happy Christmas, war is over.
1: Definitely charted. Did not. What? Oh,
0: man. Okay. The coolest pairing ever Little Drummer Boy, Bing Crosby and David Bowie, 1977.
1: How do I not know that? I'm going to say it didn't chart, but that totally should have charted. It did not. Well, I got one right. Um, but also, very cool.
0: You never, never heard that?
1: I probably have, but I'm just not recollecting it at this okay.
0: point. Here's your homework. They, they actually did that on, on a Bing Crosby special on TV. So you can actually watch them perform it together. It may or may not have been Crosby's last live, or I don't know if it was live, last TV performance. I can't recall, but it, would, it was near the end. Hmm, interesting. Boney M, Mary's Boy Child, 1978.
1: Started. No. No. Should have. But as I said, I listen to a lot of Boney M Christmas albums.
0: 12 Days of Christmas by the McKenzie Brothers. This only means something to us as Canadians. You're finally right.
1: (laughs) I think that's my third right one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, having said that, though, if you were a baseball player, I'd be benching you right now. (laughs) So
1: apparently what I like is what the general populace likes. Well, it's not saying what you like. It's,
0: It's just like did it chart.
1: I know, but I'm generally basing my opinions on what charted based on what I like.
0: Okay. We can look at it that way. All right. My favorite Christmas song, although this appears on a lot of worst Christmas song lists. Do they know it's Christmas by Band-Aid?
1: I'm going to say it charted, but it also is a terrible song. <gasps>
0: Blasphemous. I must, be, Come on. I must be wrong on this.
1: Africa has had Christianity for 1,500 years. They know it's Christmas just because there's no snow. Stop being racist. Well,
0: That's all I have to say about that. Jesus. Maybe I'm just not woke here, Andrea. I guess I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, maybe they were just but asking... But they raised a bunch of money, so... Well, maybe they were just uh, uh, asking it like that rhetorically and ironically. Yeah,
1: you know, what was... You know what was even worse? What? Uh, Maroon 5's cover of it.
0: I didn't I've never heard that. Don't. Just don't. It's not worth it. Well, oh, you said you said it charted, right?
1: I'm going to say yes.
0: All right, number 13. I yes. think that's
1: the highest on the charts we've gotten.
0: Uh duh, 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 duh. I, I don't remember. All right, here's a, here's a horrible song. Elmo and Patsy. Grandma got run over by a reindeer.
1: I'm going to say it charted just because it's so terrible. I'm sorry for the squeaking. My dog is playing with a squeaky
0: rabbit. Oh, good. I've got, I've got whistling frogs in the background. So, <laughs> uh, It did not when it was released, but it went to number 112 in 1992.
1: I got run over by a reindeer.
0: Ooh, okay. Coming
1: home from our house Christmas
0: Eve. Ooh. <laughs> Isn't that song off? Yeah, ooh, it's little, what, I, what I've got next here. Uh, Wham! Last Christmas. No.
1: Okay, so do you know that there's a thing about, like, when you hear Wham!, from December 1st, then you get knocked out of the race, and, like, you have to try to get through the Christmas season without hearing wham.
0: I've never heard this.
1: I got knocked out on December 1st this year. This is, you asked what my, like, most and least favorite Christmas songs are. This is the one of the ones that I just find super annoying. Um, and I'm going to guess it didn't chart when it was released.
0: You are, you are correct. You're learning the game. Uh-huh. You know, but did
1: it chart later?
0: Yes, it did. Number fifty-eight in nineteen
1: ninety-eight. Also,
0: yeah, Ariana. Yeah, they can last Christmas. Yeah. I don't Gronde want it in the current this, Christmas the
1: way. or the next Christmas.
0: Yeah. I, I will say this. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a tangent because I can, and you'll rein me in when it's time. Did I ever tell you that my true superhero in life? is Andrew Ridgely. I have not heard this. You have not? Okay. And so, Andrew Ridgely, for those who are not aware, he's the other guy in Wham! And Andrew (laughs) Ridgely is the most brilliant man ever. Because nobody ever made so much money for doing nothing. Other than being in the early 80s becoming good friends with George Michael who might have been at that point in time one of the most gorgeous men on the planet. I think I can say that. and feel so comfortable in my heterosexuality. But you look back at that. Did you ever see, like, George Michael in the Wham days, Andrea? Oh,
1: he was a sexy man for sure. Sure.
0: But here's what Andrew knew that we didn't know. George was gay. Meaning he latched onto this guy who could write songs, who could perform, and then when they performed, he did it all. George Michael did everything. Andrew Ridgely did nothing. Literally nothing. Look at any any old Wham video, any Wham performance. Ridgely does nothing. Nothing. Yet, he got got tagged with a couple songwriting credits that he really didn't do, got to see the world, and he got all all the punani that George Michael didn't want. Mm -hmm. And it gets better. Yeah. It gets even better. He got to, so he retired pretty much after he did his little solo album. Do you know that he married and is still married to one of the members of Bananarama? No.
1: Yes. I didn't know that.
0: Yes, he is.
1: Interesting. Yeah. uh, And I didn't know he did a solo album because he is a very just un rememberable name well nobody
0: bought it like did you ever see on uh, music and <laughs> lyrics see what the movie music and lyrics yes that's basically andrew originally mm. the only difference is yeah the hugh grant characters still kept trying to do stuff they even sort of like had the whole alma um, uh, like here's the solo album they, so they even did that. The only difference is Andrew Ridgely just after that said, ah screw it. I'm just gonna like uh bugger off with my hot wife and uh, just uh mm-hmm. live a life of leisure. And that's what he did.
1: And I mean he's gotta live pretty well just off the royalties of mm-hmm. last Christmas.
0: Uh yeah, I so, don't I don't know. So that's back why I, to Christmas music. Yes, that's why Andrew Ridgely is my hero. That's it. Done. <laughs> Christmas and Hollis, Run DMC.
1: Oh, uh, I'd like it to have charted. I'm gonna say it probably
0: didn't. It did not until it was re-released in 2000.
1: Hmm, that's that makes sense.
0: All right, I got two more. When "All I Want for Christmas Is You" by Mariah Carey was released, did it chart? Did and not chart. Oh, it probably did chart. It did so I'll let yeah
1: you, probably 20 ish
0: 12
1: oh okay that's our highest yes until
0: until this one
1: 2019
0: well well i have one last one this one actually, i, I actually okay. spoiled it because it did chart uh the hanukkah song and sandler <laughs>
1: that charted above 12 yeah 10 oh wow that's just like a terrible terrible piece of music but you know what? There's not a lot of Hanukkah songs. So good on him for putting something out there for the Jewish
0: people. That's probably why, it, that's probably why he's making some good dough off that. So So you asked, oh, sorry, yeah. what? Oh no, I was going to ask you, uh, yeah, because I asked you sort of like your bit of homework was, what is your least, like, maybe we've already answered it, with the least favorite Christmas song.
1: Um, I'm not a big fan of Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. hmm um, I loved it as a kid, but it's not nearly as amusing now. Um, Wham can go fuck themselves. <laughs> uh, though I, I like your reason for liking him. Um, I just, that song is just
0: What well, I Well, I, did, I didn't hell. say that I necessarily liked a lot of stuff Wham did. I just said Andrew Ridgely is my hero for okay. doing absolutely nothing And just realizing that he could milk an entire life off befriending a gay guy.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There is a ton of terrible Christmas music out there. Um, And so it's like, okay, if you're asking me which of the big hits I'm annoyed by, I'm going to say "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. Um, I, I don't... Think anybody should ever listen to Mariah Carey sing Oh Holy Night because it's just grandstanding the entire Mm. song. And well, as you'd expect, it's Mariah Carey singing Oh Holy Night. Um, Did you know that there's a song by Tiny Tim of ukulele Tiptoe Through the Tulips fame, Mm -hmm. Tiny Tim, called Santa got AIDS, this, got, Santa's got the AIDS for Christmas. Seriously? <laughs> Basically saying, Santa come, can't come around this year because he's sick, because he's got AIDS. And apparently it was written and recorded in 1980 and released in 1990. And this is just so much cringe that it's just,
0: People I got to. F- I got to find that. Um.
1: Oh, just just YouTube it. It's there. Uh, Tiny Tim, it has Got AIDS. Um, and then and people accepted it, even though it was well into the AIDS pandemic, epidemic, whatever you want to call it. A lot of people were dying. Um, and then
0: that that might be the worst uh, taste song ever.
1: It might be. There's a high chance of that. Damn! Um,
0: How did I not know about this?
1: <laughs> I'm glad I could share with you. <laughs> uh, there's there's some other really terrible Christmas songs. Um, there's backdoor Santa. I'm sure you can imagine what that's about.
0: I, I think I, I am familiar with that. Yeah,
1: I, I believe I believe that Bon Jovi.
0: I, I, I gotta say, like anytime you're sexualizing Santa, I'll, I'll give you mine if if you, if if you're ready for that. My least favorite. Sure. And it doesn't matter who's singing it. Uh, the version. There's two versions that I usually hear. Uh, one by Michael, I guess the Jackson Five, and then by John Mellencamp. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. I hate that song. I don't care who does it. Yeah. It sucks. I'm not a fan. I. It's just a weird song to me. I, I don't really care about this version. I don't know who you're trying to appeal to. To what the the nudge and a wink? <laughs> yes, uh, maybe that's what Daddy likes to dress up as. I asked. Yeah,
1: it's I, a bit I, weird. Yeah,
0: I hate that. Uh, I ha- I asked my wife the same question. What's her favorite? What's her least favorite? I knew what her favorite would be and of course it's Mariah Carey she just loves that and then I didn't think she'd even have anything but she was so quick like what's your least favorite and she goes Santa baby (laughs) which I guess is sort of sexualizing from the other way
1: I kind of like like the original old school Santa baby with like Marilyn Monroe it works it fits the time it's I don't like it because it's so commercialist and just, um, it, uh, and th- there's a lot of problems with it. But I hate the current rendition. Like, stop singing this song, and stop expecting them to buy you. Though, did you see um, Miley Cyrus's version of it la- last year, two years ago? Uh, she basically n- no. said, "Santa baby." Fuck
0: off! I can buy my own stuff. Oh, is this and is, is this, like uh, female empowerment? Is it? This is yeah. Woke?
1: You know, I was like, well, you're taking a song that's very problematic to begin with, and you're turning it into something cute and funny. Basically, saying whatever. I'm gonna buy my own stuff.
0: Hmm. Okay. I, I guess you know what. I never really listened to the whole lyrics of that, so I didn't really sort of pick up on that.
1: Oh, Santa Baby is basically. Give me a whole lot of shit. I want a sable, which is a fur for those oh, who so don't that, know. I, I thought um, she was I just flirting with them. I want a diamond ring. Them. I want a car. I want a platinum mine. I want a boat. Like, it's just give me, give me, give me, give me all the stuff. Hmm. So it's not even sexualizing Santa. It's just turning him into a sugar daddy.
0: See, I just assumed it was because I never even listened to the lyrics on that. It just, it just, It's just the sick kind of, uh, not sick, what's the word I'm looking for? The half and sultry. The
1: baby, I want a yacht, and really that's not hmm. a lot. Yeah. I'll close yeah, with this. Yeah, basically she just wants all the
0: stuff. Next week I guess it's back to me. So it is. we could go one of three ways. And I'm gonna le- so I've got three ideas in my head and I'm gonna let you sort of like decide this. Uh oh, okay. I'm ready. Candidate number one is someone who's not technically a one hit wonder, 1992, who I imagine a pre teen Andrea might have had a crush on, and if she didn't, she would say yes to dating him now because he's massively successful, but not from music. Candidate number two. 1986 or 87, a band I love, but they finally went number one with something that nobody remembers, a shitty, cheesy ballad, or candidate number three, do we look at the power of film and something from a soundtrack, and I got one in mind from 1983.
1: I'm gonna go with candidate number one. Kirk. Thought,
0: thought you might. Well, 1992, Andrea. Did you have good vibrations? <laughs> okay,
1: but that—that um, Beach Boys, good vibrations.
0: No, not this. Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. <laughs>
1: I still refer to Mark Wahlberg as Marky Mark. Okay. No matter what.
0: But am I correct?
1: Marky Mark in my heart.
0: Well, so maybe I was correct. Marky Mark, at age forty-nine, super successful.
1: Oh, I'd do him for sure. I kind
0: of thought you were. I, I didn't think you were going to be this blunt, but <laughs> I, I've actually been trying to hold back. I think people listening may not think, may wonder if this is me holding back. What the hell am I really like? <laughs> but yes, okay. Um,
1: no, I definitely had a had a crush on Marky Mark. I knew it for sure. Um, like he's still the sexier Wahlberg brother.
0: I, I I think it'll be really interesting to sort of. This is another one, and I feel like this is also a trend. Where I just got it wrong. I never would have thought in 1992 that this guy would be not a great actor, but one of the most successful.
1: But a successful one.
0: And it would have done a whole ton of films I actually like, including one I absolutely love. I'll save that for next week.
1: All right. I look forward to
0: it. Oh, well, what's the song,
1: though? Hmm? What's the song? It's
0: good vibrations. Oh,
1: good vibrations. It's of such course. a good vibration. It's such a sweet sensation. Yes. All right, I'm on it.
0: So yeah, I I I don't know I I I'm going to pat myself on the back cuz not once have I ever asked you in all the time I've known you, hey Andrea, what's your type? I don't know why I would ever ask <laughs> that.
1: Oh, it's all over the map, Kirk.
0: Okay, well, I think it really maybe that's going like, to increase that whole male-female total that we've been talking about. Because we'll <laughs> all find out. What's Andrea Tessman's type, and are you it?
1: Oh, dear. Well, Kirk, I would like to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Happy Hanukkah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Kwanzaa. Whatever, whatever holidays
1: that you are celebrating right now.
0: For me, it's the same thing I do every Christmas day. My wife works all day and I get drunk watching basketball. Five games in a row, baby. I love it. <laughs> nice. All right, stay safe. Thank you all so much for listening. Look for a lot more content from us regularly at com. Stay safe, everyone. One. One. One.